Greetings, and welcome to the Physiology Friday newsletter. Some brief news. Now through the end of November, I'm running a Black Friday sale on monthly and yearly subscriptions. If you're a subscriber and you want to gain access to all of my content, now is the time to upgrade. If you know someone who would love reading about the science of health and performance, gift subscriptions are also available. This newsletter is brought to you by Examine.com, the best place on the internet for health and nutrition information, and my new ebook, VO2 Max Essentials, details of which can be found at the end of this post. Our blood glucose levels are influenced by dietary intake and activity levels, but also by our body's endogenous circadian rhythms, disturbances in which can lead to poor glycemic control and insulin resistance. In particular, Blood glucose and insulin sensitivity exhibit a diurnal rhythm. Glucose tolerance is better in the morning compared to the afternoon and the evening. This is why it's recommended to consume a majority of one's calories and carbohydrates earlier in the day, which is the opposite of what most people, myself included, tend to do. Glucose levels are lowest around the midpoint of our sleep. In people with impaired glucose tolerance or type 2 diabetes, the nadir in nighttime glucose is followed by a rise in glucose between 3 and 9 a.m. This is referred to as the dawn phenomenon, and it occurs due to the body increasing its glucose production, referred to as endogenous glucose production. The dawn phenomenon is a health hazard for people with diabetes, and those without diabetes for whom it could also occur. But typical diabetes medications don't target this unique physiological occurrence. Exercise is one of the best treatments for glucose control, and that's because exercise, more specifically skeletal muscle contraction, increases glucose uptake into the muscles in an insulin-independent manner. Whereas insulin is normally released after a meal to stimulate our muscles to take up blood glucose, exercise has the same effect despite no increase in insulin. This is why exercising before or after a meal is so effective for preventing large glucose spikes and subsequent dips. In recent years, the important role of exercise timing for health has been recognized. For diabetes and glucose control, timing exercise around meals may be an especially potent way to control overnight and next day glucose levels, and the post-dinner period represents an interesting yet unexplored window in which to study the effects of exercise. Is morning or evening exercise better for overnight glucose control? In a recent study published in the Journal of Physiology, 54 participants between 25 and 63 years old completed three separate study visits, one involving no exercise, one involving morning exercise, and one involving evening exercise. Participants were characterized as having obesity, 18 participants, obesity and impaired fasting glucose, 18 participants, or normal weight participants without obesity, 18 participants. During each visit, participants consumed a standard dinner at 6 p.m. and were monitored overnight until the next morning. Exercise involved walking for 45 minutes at 60% of participants' VO2 peak, which was directly assessed during exercise to ensure accuracy. The participants exercised at 7 a.m. on the morning visit and at 8 p.m. on the evening visit. In other words, two hours after dinner. 20 minutes before and every 10 to 15 minutes after the meal, including overnight, levels of blood glucose, insulin, C-peptide, and glucagon were assessed, as was endogenous glucose production, or EGP. Here are some of the results. 
Not surprisingly, participants with obesity and impaired fasting glucose had the greatest increase in glucose after dinner and overnight on all study visits. Furthermore, glucose continued to rise overnight in this group, beginning about 300 minutes post-meal up until the next morning. During the five-hour post-meal period, the normal weight participants and participants with obesity and impaired fasting glucose had lower total glucose levels in the evening compared to the no-exercise visit. Interestingly, the normal weight participants had greater postprandial glucose levels in the morning exercise visit compared to the evening exercise visit. In participants with obesity and impaired fasting glucose, total glucose levels were lower overnight during the evening exercise and morning exercise versus the no-exercise visit. The other study groups did not display the same pattern. Next morning fasting glucose levels were not different between any of the study days or among any of the study groups, suggesting that the timing of exercise does not affect morning fasting glucose levels despite overnight glucose levels, at least in participants with obesity and impaired fasting glucose, being lower. Regarding insulin, participants with obesity and impaired fasting glucose experienced a decline in insulin levels below baseline throughout the night, starting at around 6 hours post-meal, regardless of study visit and despite their ever-increasing glucose levels. Furthermore, insulin levels were lower in the 5-hour post-meal period for the normal weight participants during the evening exercise compared to no exercise visit, and higher on the morning exercise versus the evening exercise visit. For all groups, glucagon levels were higher overnight with evening exercise compared to morning exercise and no exercise. And finally, other than endogenous glucose production being lower in the normal weight group and the, on the no exercise day, there were no differences in endogenous glucose production between study visits. These findings may not be so surprising. For individuals with obesity and impaired fasting glucose, exercise in the morning and after dinner improves overnight glucose levels, but not glucose levels the next day or the next morning. On the other hand, exercise doesn't seem to have glucose improving effects in individuals with obesity or individuals who are normal weight. One of the more interesting observations was the overnight decoupling of insulin secretion and glucose levels in participants with obesity and impaired fasting glucose. Despite glucose levels rising throughout the night until morning, insulin levels declined in this group, the opposite of what should normally occur. This suggests that a high overnight glucose and the dawn phenomenon may be the consequence of a disruption in the circadian rhythmicity of insulin release in these individuals. Exercise is one way to modify circadian rhythms. It's known as a Zeitgeber, German for time giver, that provides cues to our body's endogenous rhythms. And although exercise didn't seem to modify hormonal responses overnight in this study, it's unlikely that a single bout of exercise would have this effect. Long-term exercise training probably gives a more robust time signal and thus may benefit hormonal rhythms in healthy individuals and those with obesity and or impaired fasting glucose. Importantly, the time at which exercise is performed may determine the magnitude of the response for these hormonal rhythms and other cardiometabolic risk factors. Supporting this is a recent meta-analysis showing that afternoon exercise is superior to morning exercise for improving triglycerides and fasting blood glucose. In contrast, morning exercise wasn't superior to exercise 
to evening exercise for any of the studied outcomes, which included HbA1c, blood lipids, insulin, insulin resistance, or blood glucose. Of course, when you exercise is far less important than whether or not you exercise. But for those who already have a good workout routine and want to further optimize any benefit, it might be worth considering whether you could alter the timing of your training session. For example, if you want to optimize total work done, power output, or VO2 max improvements, afternoon exercise is probably best, since our strength and cardiorespiratory capacity are higher at this time of day. If you want to improve your glucose response to meals, exercise after or before also works, but less well. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Evening a short walk will do. I'm very bullish on the emerging areas of chrono-medicine, chrono-nutrition, and chrono-exercise. The idea that when we prescribe medications, eat our food, and work out are important for our health. Whether we like it or not, our body operates on a very precise schedule, and it operates best when we give this schedule the cues it needs to perform. Thanks for reading. See you next Friday.